1: Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Radio, two hours of it, yeah, yeah, this is the first hour, which is Ghost Chronicles International, and I am Ron Kolick, your host, this cold twerry night, Twery. I can't even say (laughs) Anyway, anyways, New England's own Van Helsink, and with me, all the way from the lovely Country of Wales, which is never depicted very well in movies, I have admit. It always looks like a depressing place. Is my depressing co-host, the gold standard in ghost hunting, the godfather of ghost hunting, the saint of ghost hunting, Steve Parsons?
0: Actually, Wales is very well portrayed in the movies as a depressing place. It is depressing, Steve. Isn't it, it is that explains a lot. Bloody awful.
1: Yeah. Actually, we is that way now. Turned you on to your wife, right? She's from Wales, oh, right? I
0: know the, the Welsh. The Welsh women fall into two categories: they're either exceptionally pretty or pig ugly. Fortunately, <laughs> I got the exceptionally pretty. But uh-huh.
1: um, do you know? Yeah. Do you know what? The, do you know what they call a beautiful girl in Poland? A tourist. A, a tourist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we um. We had an interesting development a few hours ago over here. Really? Yeah, Wales closed the borders to England.
1: Good thing. Call out the god.
0: Yeah, that's, um, I think we're just going to shoot tourists at the border now.
1: Good thinking. Good thinking. That'll be fun. Yeah, call out the god. <laughs> but out I don't think, Wycliffe. Yeah, or, I don't, no, who that it? hasn't Brad happened Church. since,
0: uh, yeah. Hasn't happened since the Glendure Revolution in the 15th century.
1: I love it. I love it. really do it's that's great this is the world we are really in now. Oh. And you know and it all goes back to the mysterious photograph i got in that book ever since then I, we all I, know I,
0: I, yeah that's not something I'd, i i wouldn't admit to being responsible for this mess
1: evidently it's not me whoever sent that photograph and people have not been able to solve it for me if you just solve the people in that photograph for me then I'm sure everything will end and there'll be sunshines, lollipops and unicorns I'm I absolutely thought, positive
0: I thought that was going to happen when you elect Biden <sighs>
1: We don't talk politics on the show because it's a happy show. Happy, happy, happy. Yes, it
2: is. It's a happy show.
1: Yes. Oh, there is a lovely voice. And that lovely voice is, of course, my favorite, absolute favorite, West Coast uh-huh. witch and one sexy little vixen, Marla Brooks.
2: Boy, you both are you tonight. What are you smoking?
1: <laughs> you know, Marla, we can't say any of the stuff we said in the show, so I'm just all over it. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, because everything is offensive to someone. And I'll give you a oh, prime example. Today is, uh, uh, I don't know if it's today. Or, I don't know. The, the, there was a holiday, National Noodle Noodle Day, because you know in the United States we have a National Everything Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. so Kraft came out with this idea is to, you know, uh, they if you gave somebody Kraft's name, you know, Kraft's name to them, they would send you out. They would send them a free box of uh, Craft macaroni you know cheese, macaroni and cheese, right, and it was uh you know send nudes and for noodles, right, well, they got crucified, and they had to pull the whole
0: thing
2: hmm.
0: why so serious I love this uh, song. we we had a government advert this week for um employment that uh Used it. I, I don't know if you saw it your side of the pond, but uh, right. they, um, they used the picture of a ballerina and it said Fatima's next job is in cyber, she doesn't know it yet. Um, and it was all about retraining, and of course, everybody oh. first of all, oh, that's people, what
1: that was. I did see it yeah. on Facebook,
0: yeah, yeah. First of all, people took offense at it, and then being British, everybody turned it into a meme. Yes. Know, but Boris's next job is to run a piss-up in a brewery. He just doesn't know how yet, mm-hmm. um, was one of them. Lovely.
1: How are things out there in uh, the West Coast there, my mauler?
2: Did you say it's nice and nippy and cold where you are?
1: Uh, it's, you know, it was yesterday.
2: Autumn, seen... chilly, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it's 100 degrees here today.
0: Well, you don't need to... um Well, look on the bright side, Marla. At least you don't have to come home to a real fire.
2: <laughs> That's true. I wouldn't have one anyway. But, mm. yeah, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, we're we're it's autumn and the autumn leaves. Well, you know they don't really turn here anyway. I was going to so, say yeah, yeah. I don't know. But you know, in Does keeping. The palm trees change colors. <laughs> yeah, know. they go from regular to just oh God, give me some more water. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they don't change much either. But oh, well. yeah, it's rather amazing.
0: Hey, I so, was watching some fantastic video footage of um, shot in California, just north of you. Oh. Um, of that 747 air tanker. What a monster that must be. They are.
2: They fly uh, over uh, here um, sometimes because there's a dam close to us. You know, like we, we do give a dam. But we uh, have this dam that's really close. So when their fires break out, which is often, but they fly over the house and it sounds like uh, it's, it shakes the house. I mean, they're that big and impressive. Yeah.
1: I saw the uh, the uh, photographs of the uh, water buckets. Those are pretty cool. Mhm. I just yeah, just it, every time I see those, though, I says, "Geez, I hope they didn't catch any fish." <laughs> it's like I <laughs> can see some poor poor fish being thrown on the fire. I was like, "Oh, yeah."
0: yeah well, most- I don't know. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine the um, you're coming back and there's there's a nice already cooked four pound bass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <on> the <laughs> well, there
2: you go. Yeah, it saves the middleman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's so sad. I mean,
1: it's it's unbelievable how much they water they can carry and everything, and and able to dump. It's yeah. Hey, we got a frogman. Yeah, he has. This next thing, you know, your charge. Wait a minute, they, they'll probably do a shark needle one then. I'm sure. Fire, <laughs> fire shark needle.
0: Hey, we we yeah. watched the um oh, the other day. We let the boys watch the last of the shark needle. Oh god, they're pathetic, Why? aren't they I mean, they started off badly, and then just—you know—sequels are never good. But you know, Sharknado started badly and then got worse.
1: Yeah.
0: Are we doing another Friday the Thirteenth installment? Probably. I don't Or know. Halloween? What? I forget which episode of what it. Um,
1: They're all the same. I think they even combined them at one time or whatever. They
0: did. They did. They did. Jason versus. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Godzilla, wasn't it? Or somebody.
1: Yeah, Godzilla. They used to do that all the time. <laughs> So anyways, um we're yeah. here to talk about uh it something. Is. Oh by, by the way, before I do I that great news. There there's well, obs- we got a vaccine. There's <laughs> an obscene amount of people listening to the show, and I, I don't know where they're coming from. But tell them to stop. I I try to, you know, I do my best. uh, uh but uh yeah, I want to thank everyone who has been tuning in. And you know, we got faithful listeners like John and and um, sue brown and uh uh oh god don't Anna <laughs> Anna isabella roach and and Craig, uh, La- gotcha. some of my angels so i i thank them for it. Pat- patrons of the show, but uh, yeah, we haven't seen. That's it's grown since the beginning of the year before the virus hit. So, you know, so I would say, well, we were going to blame the virus, but no. So, I want to thank you all for listening, and I don't know why you do, but uh, we thank you.
2: <laughs> Makes you kind Most of scratch of you. your head, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, all four it of you. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> uh, I had hair to scratch. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we have we decided to. Well, actually, Mahler decided. Mm-hmm. yeah decided to talk about uh ghosts. she's the one to pick the uh, theme for this yeah, show Yeah, blame
2: it on me just in case it goes just in case it falls apart. yeah yeah okay. exactly
1: right. yeah yeah I have to much. you know that's my job mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah so anyways, so uh we're doing this show on uh ghost, I assume right or, or ghost
2: stories yeah ghost
1: stories okay uh from California, New England. And uh, uh, the board, closed borders of Wales. So there you go.
2: <laughs> the depressing closed borders of Wales, yes. Depressing. The depressing no, the, closed.
0: The closed borders of depressing Wales.
2: Oh, there yeah. You go. Yeah, you're right. right. Got to be grammatically correct, yes.
0: If
1: you say so.
2: Sometimes. Okay.
1: So, who would like to begin this little
2: charade, a charade, charade, whatever? Charade, charade. I, I will. I've got um, some good Hollywood ghost stories from good, you know you love my. Them. Oh, from, be, before you go into that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. No, uh, oh. they
1: are selling the the uh, uh, furnishings and everything from the New York Waldorf Astoria. Wow. And that's in Massachusetts now. They they brought it all to Massachusetts, and they're auctioning it off. And they have unbelievable prints of, like, Marilyn Monroe on the top of it. Uh, we're, we're talking about photographs and, uh, you know, all the famous stars and everything else from there. And uh, it, it was pretty cool. Uh, they're all going for a huge amount because I was going to go in and scoff one up, but uh, no. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, a sad end uh, to a uh, uh, part of history, uh, should, Queens and everything yep.
2: If they have an auction, you should go because when they closed down the Ambassador Hotel here several mm-hmm. years ago, um, that's where Robert Kennedy was shot, and you know yep. it was Coconut Grove and all that. I went to the auction. It was amazing all the stuff that they had. Yeah. Um, little things, you know, that you know that that's where it came from, and it, it's kind of neat. Actually, I snuck away and and went into the kitchen where Kennedy fell. Right. We weren't supposed to be there, but I went. Good yeah, so, and then
1: you like break out the tile where the body was. And bring
2: no, it that would this. be Scott bring, Michaels. Bring, Scott I was Michaels just going to say to that him. and
1: bring it to your friend that's <laughs> to, uh, never, no. never Hollywood or whatever it is. Which is, which is
2: dearly departed. Yeah, dearly no. departed. Yeah. Yeah. No, Scott's really good at that. I, I tend not to. I just kind of went in and said a little prayer. And, and yeah, but um, yeah, Scott would have, you know, chipped away at it, just kind of borrowed it. Yeah, but that's that's you know, him.
1: Yeah, would had a had a his a chisel in his his boot and kind of like sat there and like do 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 do. this you know, He's like always
2: well equipped. <laughs> it doesn't matter what. Well, story.
1: thank you for sharing that with
2: well, us. Well, no, he um also when George Burns' house sold, George Burns had a cabana. I mean, in in the backyard, and um, Scott was able to appropriate the door to the cabana.
1: That's pretty good. They are selling the doors too, like the McCarthy Suite yeah. and everything else. The, the
2: mm-hmm. actual- what about the salad bowls?
1: Everything, everything.
2: I got little Sunday dishes from the Ambassador Hotel. You know the old-fashioned ice cream Sunday dishes, yes. and like a, a typewriter from nineteen forty. If that they brought, have an
1: auction, big bucks auction. Hmm? huge bucks on this auction. Huge bucks on this auction because I would have done that.
2: Well, I don't know. Can't they don't. Well, the, these weren't auctions. They just had an open thing. Come and get it. You know, oh, maybe it's oh, oh, maybe it's big, the no. stuff that was left over that wasn't really, really important. But if they have anything that you can go in there, just go. It's very I, cool. well.
1: The uh, I have a friend that's working that auction, so Jan, uh, I'll give it out to Jan. So, uh, okay. but yeah, these this is not my Jan, another Jan. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, uh, anyways, yeah, it's they're not the the, the hotel is not going away. They're just. Totally revamping the whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, that I, of course, I get my bad. I start took us on another path. So yes, you were saying something about Hollywood.
2: (laughs) I was saying that I have a Hollywood story. It's there you go. It's a Hollywood story with an anecdote, and and I this is one of my favorite stories. It's about Bella Lugosi. And um, he lived pretty close to Hollywood Boulevard um, in his final years. And when he died, there was a mortuary called Utter McKinley, which was on Hollywood Boulevard, also just, you know, block East of Vine Street. And it was a familiar place to all the famous actors and stuff, because that's where they would be laid out to rest before they ended up being buried. And. Apparently, Legosi had been there for years, you know, paying his last respects to his cronies and stuff. But So he died, and he was going to be buried um, out in Culver City. And um, the mortuary made an agreement with the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce that Legosi's funeral procession would not travel down Hollywood Boulevard on the way to the Holy Cross Cemetery, because for some reason, they thought the site of Legosi's hearse might be bad for business. Really? I think it would be good. I would think so. But apparently, um, Bella's ghost, so they say, thought differently. And as the hearse pulled out of the mortuary, the driver's intention was to head north and cross Hollywood Boulevard. But suddenly, he swears he lost control of the wheel of the vehicle, and it veered to the left, turned onto the street, and the driver was unable to regain control of the hearse until after it crossed Hollywood and Vine. So you know, I didn't know Lugosi drove, but hey, that's what they say. But the funny thing that goes with that is, in Vincent Price's autobiography, he tells the story of visiting the mortuary with Peter Lorre right after Lugosi died to pay his respect, their respects. And as they were standing in front of the casket, viewing the body, which was uh, in a cape, in his his Dracula cape, um, Lorre turned to Price and said, "Hmm." Should we drive a stake through his heart just in case? <laughs> so I love that story. So I, I like both of these. Um, and, you know, people, when he died, I mean, there were hundreds of fans. They knew that the hearse was coming out. They did line Hollywood Boulevard to um, to see that. But they also were blocks long to view his body. Apparently it was open to the public. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, he he Could have hijacked the first. Yeah, so that's that's my Dalai story. That's a good story. It's a good story. I like that I one. Like yeah. it.
1: So do you want to go, uh, Steve? Or would you like me to?
0: Do oh, you want me to do mine in Welsh?
1: Okay, yeah. Can you speak Welsh? Yeah. Well, good. Don't.
0: Okay. <laughs> well,
1: because no, nobody will understand what you say. <laughs>
0: Well, that's part of the attraction of doing it in Welsh oh, then, isn't do
1: it? do it in Welsh then, yeah, do it in
0: Welsh no, then. No, no. Um, well, I'm going to keep them all very local because, uh, and I'm using as, as my inspiration um, Richard Holland's book, Haunted Wales, because um, it, there's an entire set, uh, section on Pembrokeshire, which is where I live. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to talk about the Gwilchki, which is a Welsh word.
1: I don't doubt it.
0: And we've 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 mentioned the Gwylfki before, uh, but these are often described as being the size of a shaggy black calf. The animal which appeared near a brook at Narbeth, which is the county town of uh, Pembrokeshire, early in the nineteenth century, really does seem to have been a black calf. However, there was something unearthly about it, so much so that the locals believed it was the devil himself in disguise. One night two men caught the calf and dragged it back to the stable where they imprisoned it. The next morning, however, it was nowhere to be seen. On their tour of South Wales in the year 1860, or thereabouts, Sorry. a Mr and Mrs Hall um, heard of a Narbuth man who was pestered by, pestered by a ghost. He used to be so haunted and tormented that his life became a burden. He feared even to go to bed. He could procure absolutely no rest. But even when he did, the spirit would approach, calling him by name and compelling him to leave his room. He could hear. um, I don't understand that bit. <laughs> he could He could hear, but it was oh he could hear it, but he could only um perceive it as a shadow at one time he slept between two f- large farm boys oh, in man. order to protect himself excuse me at one time he took oh, to sleep, right. yeah okay between two it's normally sheep but oh right. <laughs> At one time, he took to sleeping between two farmhands, farm, large farmhands, lads, uh-huh. but they were of no protection. At a certain hour, he would hear his name being called when he would quake with fear, and he knew that he must rise. At last, he was bold enough to interrogate the apparition and to follow it from the place where it, where, to where it led him. When he when he looked at the place, he found treasures that had been buried there. Afterwards, he was no longer disturbed. Real. he yeah. did a good deed. There you go. He did a good deed. Um, That's what it was. Apparently so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a lot of these are, you know, there's long ones and short ones. I can give you another one because that was a bit on the stingy side, wasn't That's it?
1: Okay, we don't mind. It's it's up to you if you'd I like know. to. That's let's, fine.
0: Let's find you another appropriate one. Um,
1: yeah, hopefully you can read it better than that one. you, sound right, like, you sounded like me on that.
0: that? Well, I'm reading. I'm reading from Welsh.
1: Oh, I get it. Oh, from the actual language, Welsh. Yeah. Oh, God bless you.
0: Um, this is this is one of a town uh, just about um, eight or nine miles from here, a place we travel through regularly called Eglisurú, which is the, the which translated means the church in the hollow or the church in the valley. At a place called Yetwen uh, Penralt near Eglisurú, a very unusual ghost was seen: the ghost of a white cat. The local people believed this inoffensive-looking creature was actually his satanic majesty in disguise. So, you know, we had the black, black calf, now he's a white pussycat. Uh-huh. Uh, one night, an old woman was passing, yet when, called out, come out, come out, you devil, and the white cat appeared, although what happened next is not recorded. Sometimes the more traditional white lady was seen instead of the white cat, but she was regarded with equal suspicion. White cats may have been associated with the afterlife. A clerical friend of the folklorist Elias Owen was once approached by a man who had been concerned that his recently deceased brother had gone to hell. He explained that he had seen a white cat Descending the trunk of a tree near his brother's home, and he believed that it represented the soul of his brother. It was the fact that the cat was coming down the tree that concerned him, for if it had been climbing up, he would have presumed his brother's soul bound for heaven.
1: Oh, so, oh, it's pretty much like the finger on the uh, tombstone. If it's pointing up, that means you go into heaven. If you're pointing down, you go into (laughs) hill.
0: So there we are. That's two short ones from Wells. Yeah, they were. More to follow. They were pretty good. If you... Like Satanic Majesty. If you like Satanic
1: Majesty, right. So I'm going to take us, uh, since we were talking a little bit, somebody mentioned politics. I don't know who, but somebody did. Uh, I thought (laughs) I'd look at one of the places in Massachusetts that is actually haunted. And that would be the Massachusetts State House. Uh, There's a Hall of Flags at the State House, and uh, it has its, uh, you know, its its group of ghosts that appear now and then. But there's really a really strange phenomenon that occurs there. And this has got to do with the uh, Italian marble pillars and panels that are at the State House. You know, these great marble buildings, they have... Marble pillars, marble panels on the walls, and so forth. Well, what happens is that when people go in, and this was first noticed, by the way, by a guy by the name of uh, Henry G. Weston. He was a Civil War uh, veteran. So it shows you how far I go back, and also worked for many years as a guide at the State House. But if you go in and you look at the pillars, and all of a sudden, you see the uncanny likeness of famous people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's people. Uh, you know, like uh, William Cullen Bryant. Uh, he was an abolitionist, which is apropos today. But we have like an English bulldog in there. There's a pig, a mule, a uh, rabbit. Uh, there's uh, a cavalier. There's uh, Uh, a wedding, oh, there's a woman uh, wedding figure that comes out with her hair and a veil. And and, uh, if you go down here and you look at these uh, marble panels and marble statues, you can see a a whole pori of uh, different ghostly figures that appear uh, just by looking at them. Uh, You know, everything from people to animals to uh, different creatures. So, Mm -hmm. go to the State House, go to the Hall of Flags, and check out these phantoms on Marble that are out there.
0: And have you? No.
1: I don't go oh. to Boston. You know that. That's true. Well, <laughs> somebody they, drives.
2: They take away your passport to get in?
1: Uh, most places they have, yes. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Even, I'm not even allowed, allowed out of the home anymore.
2: Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> Marla, I kid, I kid you not, he picks me up at Logan. Uh-huh. And I have to navigate his back. <laughs>
2: oh, geez. Uh huh. Yeah. What's bad, the problem
0: with that? Bad sense of direction, I'm tourist. eh? I'm
2: the tourist. I, get, I get
1: lots going on in my own driveway, uh, just
0: to give you an idea. Well, he's not. He's not kidding. We get. He, he picks me up at the curbside <laughs> at Logan, and he's like, "How do I get out of the freaking airport? How do I find Salisbury? How do I do this? How do I find? <laughs> is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ninety-one North. <laughs> it's true. It's How strange. long did it take to get back? Um, if if I take my eye off the ball, anything up to four, five, six hours. Oh, okay.
1: stop it.
2: <laughs> and, and, and in normal time, what is it, about half hour, 45 minutes?
0: About 45 minutes.
2: There you go. Okay,
0: that makes sense. Stop it. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> only, if it, only
2: if we hit traffic. Ah, oh, blame it on the traffic. <laughs> one
0: okay. time we went to Revere, didn't we? Through Revere Beach.
1: Yeah, you yeah. have to go through Revere, up Route 1, yeah. Yeah, along
0: the Coast. Yeah, but we didn't intend to go via the beach.
1: Oh, I don't intend to go anywhere, just home. Come on, he was
2: sightseeing. <laughs> he was giving you the sights,
0: yeah.
2: and no, he didn't did. charge you extra.
0: Hey, one one occasion, we actually went past. Um, uh, oh, what's the name of the? Um...
1: Dunkin' Donuts. We went to uh, the original Dunkin' Donuts.
0: No, no, no. We were intending going that way. What was the name? What's the name of the big stadium? Um, where the ancient...
1: No, uh, the Bruins Garden, the Garden.
0: No, were they? Yeah, um...
2: Fenway Park?
0: Yeah, we went past Fenway Park one night.
2: Yeah, that was a mistake, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got your money's worth, Steve. That's
1: I don't true. know how many times coming back from uh, East Bridgewater after their TV oh, show God. that I ended up in the fin- oh, Financial District Chinatown. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> Anyway, so we are coming up to the break, and uh, we won't start a story until t- yeah. after the break because it's not fair. So, but we do, we do have some ghostly tales for you, and I, I've got an interesting one from Matuan. Always, we like to see Matuan. Uh, but, anyways, you're listening to uh. Ghost Chronicles. Uh, what are we? International, uh, right here on Tojinet and Parallax Radio. The first hour of the two-hour Ghost Chronicle Radio. And uh, I'm with uh, Steve Parsons and Mahler Brooks, my favorite West Coast witch. And we're doing stories, you know, paranormal stories about California, New England, and uh, Wales. So uh, we'll be right back after the – oh, wait a minute. We're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Bermark Street, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. We'll be right back at following messages.
0: You can just pause the podcast to listen to that part. Welcome to Net radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a
1: paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at any ghost project at Comcast.net or call 978 455 6678. They're
0: creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky.
1: The Parra-X Family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal. The
2: Parra-X Family.
0: They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parra-X Family. Welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles, the international edition starring New England's very own Van Helsink and on the West Coast, Marla Brooks, the West Coast's favourite witch and stuck in the middle, the dog in the the manger manger here in uh, Westus, Wales, the first country to have declared war on England for a good many years, the gold standard in ghost hunting. And tonight we're talking or telling each other uh, spooky Halloween stories because it's October.
2: Yeah, a good excuse. Yeah,
0: anyway. I don't need any excuse. I mean, it's October.
2: <laughs> That's it. Tis yeah. the season.
0: It's your yes. turn, Marla.
2: All right. Well, I oh, have. We have turns. I guess. Yeah, he's being oh. polite. Um, I have a story about Paramount Studios and the Hollywood Forever Cemetery and that it's a little cemetery it was built in 1899 it was the one and only and still is the one and only cemetery in hollywood but it's very haunted and it shares a wall with paramount studios and many of the people that worked at the at the studios are buried at hollywood forever so they say it's really not surprising that um, they see spooks. So the adjoining wall is located closest to, say, 29 and 32, and a lot of people have reported seeing spirits walking directly through the wall from one lot to the next. Um, They say that those that have been witnessed going to work, so to speak, um, are dressed in clothing from the 1930s and the 1940s. And then um, there's stages 31 and 32 seem to have the most ghostly activity. I mean, footsteps are often heard through the stages when they've been skewered for the night. Um, The studio's very large doors make loud, loud noises when they're open and shut, and there's no way to muffle them, but they keep opening and and there's nobody there. And I'm cutting this down short because there's a whole lot of things going on, but I, I like this, that... Uh, Paramount has many entrances and some of them are walk-in gates like the one at Lemongrove Avenue which is just a few feet from the cemetery and they say it's there where many of the ghosts from the graveyard are also said to enter the studio lot instead of just through the wall so according to guards posted there some spirits actually appear as heads that poke through the cemetery wall and then disappear and others actually walk through the gate itself, like the ghost of silent film heartthrob uh, Rudolph Valentino. But he's just one of the many, and. Most of the guards know everyone who comes in and out of the gates because they see them every day when they're working. And one evening, um, on the night shift, a guard noticed an unfamiliar face kind of lurking about, as it would. And he followed the man to a corner of the wall leading into the cemetery and thinking he had him cornered because it was like a trespasser, he waited for the suspicious visitor to come out. After a minute or two, he looked around the corner just in time to see the man vanish right through the cemetery wall. And from that time on, he refused to work the Lemon Grove Gate at night. <laughs> so, yeah, that I like that these people still love their jobs. And it said that Groucho Marx um, had an office in a nightclub, or a, nightclub, a comedy club called The Laugh Factory. And he's supposedly still up in his office all the time.
0: Where I'll be in my Good office. Good work, Etheric. Will you hold your office, Ron?
1: Yeah, I will haunt everything. I told you, I'm coming back to you as an orb.
2: <laughs> can I draw a red circle around it when you take a picture?
1: You can. My face will be in it, and my middle finger.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that will probably be prominent, yeah.
1: Yeah, probably, yeah, because, mm-hmm. the, you know, it's not mine. It does have cadaver bone in it, so I'm not responsible for my middle finger. Sure. It's a true story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is. Anyway, that was uh, that was uh, famously rich. Okay. So, Steve, do you have another thing from do. the land of the whales?
0: Not just the land of the whales. I I, I, I found um, an old account that deals with the, the town I live in, but um, also the road I live in.
1: <gasps> you know you I love 100 more, highways.
0: You can't get any more local than... The road that we live on. Oh. Um, so this is about the town of Hullworth, Hullworth, or... Easy for you to say. ...Haverford West. And this account was pu- first published in 1861, and it describes... Uh, actually, the, the bridge is still there. Uh, under the monument arch of Old Haverford West Bridge, a spirit has been laid for a 1,000 years... At which, at the expiration of that time, it will again be free to roam the earth and to be a trouble to mortals. Ooh. Ooh. So, that we don't know when it was laid down, yeah. but it's it's quite some time ago. So, the road? And no, 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 no. The one that's under the bridge. The spirit. It's a well. It's a bit of a Welsh custom that uh, they used to use spirit catches or ghost catches. And then they would trap the ghost in a bottle, yeah. And then they would place it up beneath running, fast flowing running water, yeah. Usually yeah. under a bridge, yeah. um, Which would trap the spirit there. Um,
1: that's that's a common belief that the water, it is, water, the,
0: water traps, yeah, traps. The Welsh, the Welsh ones seem to be time limited.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so when the thousand years is up, oh, um, this one will that's be nice. back. But anyway, to 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 bring you to the road. Oh, yes, Becker Road. The road upon which we live. Uh, It's a Gwilski, again. Um, It's a watch. A Gwilski, which is another of these large black dog or calves or black beasties. Um, This one haunts um, the road to Pembroke Dock and was was actually reported in an archaeological journal in 1920 uh, by a Mr. J.W. Phillips, um, to say he, he wrote to the uh, the journal to report that he had seen the apparition twice on the road and that he knew of five other people who had also seen it. He described the Gwilfki as a large black creature about the size of a St Bernard dog, but its head and forequarters were more like a goat or a calf, for it had short horns and glowing red eyes. Mr Phillips said it appeared near a house called Woodbine, about two miles south of Haverford West. He added that on the first occasion, he got a really good look at the creature because it was a bright, moonlit night and it was only a couple of yards away from it. Nearby Prendergast, so that was the Wilke, um, so going to the other side of town, Um, in the district of Prendergast, was um, also haunted. This was uh, written about in 1888 in in Edward Law's book, The History of Little England Beyond Wales, and it states that the deceased member of the Stepney family had been known to walk walk in the village long after his body had been confined to the grave. Now, that particular return back to the Gwilke, um on Pembroke Road um, and the house called Woodbine. Um, I can actually see it from here. Um, we drive past it daily. Haven't yet seen the Key though. no. But, Damn.
1: Maybe if you put it like a plate of dog food or something.
2: I was just
0: going to say. Well, you know, we we've tried that, and what we get is uh, foxes, badges, and but interestingly, um, just to just to put a sceptical spin on the ghost. How story,
1: About the heart of a virgin. In Wales. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. <laughs> forget it. Yeah. Okay, it's like, that's
0: why Jesus wasn't from Wales. They couldn't find three wise men. <laughs> they um. They, what what we have here in in this particular part of Wales are very rare visitors, but visitors nonetheless. We have um, rhodea. And um,
1: is that that giant flying dinosaur?
0: No, that's Godzilla.
1: Oh, Rodin. That's Rodin. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: no. Rodin was the French painter. Rodier.
1: No, Rodin.
0: Yeah, no, a deer.
1: Oh, is a deer? A deer. Yeah. Is it a female no deer? Idea.
0: No idea. Okay.
2: Oh, it's a drop of golden sun, and you know that.
0: Uh, <laughs> so um, you know, the skeptic could argue that because if you if you um, look at you know, deer's are, deer eyes are glow red, yes. interesting, interestingly, yes. and they're about the size of a goat and they've got horns. And I, you know, personally, I think he was just describing one of our rare rare natural visitors that we, we, we do see from time to time. Yeah, a deer. A deer. We have them. Uh, we had them in the field. Oh, yes. Yeah, and Godzilla. Oh, okay, what else? Uh, We had them in the field behind the house uh, last, uh-huh. uh, last summer, last spring. Uh-huh.
1: We did uh, an investigation at uh, Wood Island Lighthouse. Was that,
0: was that the, because um, it's not the first group ever to do VZ, was it?
1: Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, we we did an investigation at Wood Island Lighthouse on, on the island and uh, clay uh, rec- or, uh Fabulous member of our team uh, was out in the night, and uh, there are deer on the island. So he uh, ran into a deer and he came out screaming because hey. you know there are killer deers.
2: <laughs> what With red eyes, they're devil yeah, deers. Killer dears. Yeah,
0: yeah. Actually, um, we have a. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Margam Castle. It was an episode of Most Haunted. Uh, which is Oh, a,
1: speak about that, I started watching it from the beginning again Go
0: ahead From the beginning it's not so bad But uh, Margham Castle is about 60 miles from here And obviously um, I did the Most Haunted episode from there And I've visited oh, countless times since um, One night we were driving through the grounds After uh, spending most of the night there It was quite late, it was about 2am And uh, it's a coastal location, it's not very far in, inland from the sea and the mist had rolled in, and it was a real pea super, and we could probably see maybe 20 yards. Um, and we're driving slowly down the long, winding driveway back to the road. And uh, out of out of the mist, um, this seven-foot, glowing white apparition appeared. Oh. Um, yeah, we'd run into the or we'd come face to face with the white stag. Wow. Which we Lucky. weren't expect, Which, well, we we certainly weren't expecting it. it. put the fear of God up the stag and it put the fear of God into us as well.
1: <laughs> they're they're <laughs> deadly around here. They can actually destroy a car and uh, kill someone. So, yeah. Well,
0: I mean. These are, I mean, they're quite tame because they live in the um,
1: yeah. The... I mean, but you startle them and they just. Oh, yeah. They've been I mean, known to kick yourselves right into the car. Yeah. But... through the windshield and up in the back seat.
0: Oh no, absolutely. But yeah. um, I mean, you know, this was a fully grown stag with, you know, and it was the time of year when he had full antler. Mm. Yeah. And um, you know, when he loomed out of the mist. <laughs> yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's froggy. But
1: yeah, frog, fog is terrible. I mean, I, I remember after an investigation at the Houghton Mansion, you have to go over the mountains to get back to where I live. And uh, it was like, I don't know, three o'clock in the morning or something. And we were going over the mountains and the fog was so thick, the only way I could keep the car on the road was to keep the center line in the center of my car. <laughs> so that's the only guide I had because I couldn't see anything.
0: And then you'll, you'll still find that you'll get some twerp and the BMW will overtake it. Uh, not this night.
1: <laughs> not in those roads. Well, yep, you see. Yep, yep,
0: you yep, see, you drive. Right. You're driving along. You're driving along in Wales because we get a lot. Cause we're on, um, you know, a very exposed sort of coastal location, and we do get an awful lot of uh, sea fog. And uh, you're driving along at, You know, all the fog. Your fog lights are on. Your rear fog lights are on. you you're trying to stay safe. You're trying to follow the edge of the road along. And some somebody in a German car will come screaming past you and disappear into the distance.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's a ghost car. Do you ever think of that?
0: No, it's
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, just put it out there. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to take you to Methuen, Massachusetts, which you know, Steve. You've been to Methuen.
0: I have, and it's yeah. a very nice place. It's nearly but on as the way
2: back as... from the airport.
0: Yeah, it's nearly. It, yeah, it's nearly it's as nice near as Wales. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, uh, yeah, by the way, they just hired two uh, COVID uh, police officers, so they're out there enforcing the COVID law law rules. So, there you go. Just to let you know. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, back in October 25th this month in 1963, Mr. and Mrs. Martin and their 11-year-old daughter were watching TV. Hmm. That sounds innocent enough, doesn't it? They were watching some evening programs when someone noticed there was a particular wet spot on the wall. Before anyone could react, they heard a large popping sound like a champagne cork, and all of a sudden the stream of water came right out of the wall, and uh, it splattered on the floor. And it lasted for some time. Uh, you know, just like you know, just like a, a pipe had burst almost. You know, it just came pouring out. And the only problem was there was no pipes in that wall at all. So it ran for quite a while, for about two hours, actually. And uh, then all of a sudden, there became other spots erupting throughout the house. Uh, And uh, they would last usually for about 20 seconds, and then they would reappear about every 15 minutes. So this, this poor family were in this house, and all of a sudden these... They'd hear this popping sound, and then the sprout of water would come out, and it was quite a bit of water coming into this this house. Uh, one neighbor reported about an inch of water on the on the or on some of the floors in the in the house, and it would run for a few seconds, uh, well, whatever I said, twenty seconds, and then stop, just like that. The only the interesting thing that if you put your hand under the wall where the the water came out, it was not wet or anything, and so you know they were pretty much dumbfounded by all this happening. So they they called the uh, the uh, town, and the town sent out police officers and building inspectors and everything else, and they couldn't find any source of the water. They would just, and they, they would happen while they were there, too. They would just all of a sudden reappear. Eventually, it got so bad, and uh, the house was so wet that they decided to move to Lawrence to uh, their in-laws' house. And lo and behold, when they went to Lawrence, guess what happened? More water sprouts would pop out, squirt, and uh, run for a while, and then stop. And this, the, the place they lived in was a tree tenement, and they were up on the third floor. And so this occurred for, oh, quite a while. And they had different experts came in and look at the place. It became a tourist attraction. Uh, the local papers had their Halloween story. Uh, but they couldn't find any source of the water, and it's just like it started quickly, it ended quickly, and it stopped. And they were never able to, to solve the problem of the water sprays that uh, appeared in this, this house. Now, one thing that they did mention is that the, the place where the water came out of the wall, they would, uh, you know, sometimes feel it afterwards, and it would be very warm, and in some cases even hot. But yet it was not damp at all, and it, there was no, like, damage to it. They even had people come in and witness it, and then afterwards they broke the wall down, and the insulation in, in the wall was dry totally. So it never was solved. And this was not that long ago, 1960s. Mm. Yeah, 63. So That's what do you think of that one? Just That's... curious.
0: No, it's intriguing. I mean, there are, there are... A number of poltergeist cases with uh, the sudden manifestation of water. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one.
2: Mm-hmm. What yeah.
0: What shame I, the New England Ghost Project weren't around?
1: Sixty-three. No.
0: <laughs> did anybody? Um, uh, did anybody grab a bottle of the water? water? No, I would
1: love that, and you know that. <laughs> I can't even find the house anymore. So. Uh, but I'm going to do some more research. But it's always intrigued me because it was local for one. It is an interesting one. It is. And uh, uh, it, it's it's intriguing because, you know, there's there's no lo- logic. I mean, they had people come in. They even, you know, looked at the roof, thought maybe, like, they would – the roof had leaked and it, maybe it had pooled in the ad- attic and, and it came down the wall and popped up. But once again, there were no holes in the wall. Where the water came out, there was no holes. It was just – like there was nothing there. Would you would you say that's paranormal?
0: I'd say it's certainly not normal. Not. Yeah, there that's you close. go. I, do you know, because it was the 1960s, I, I actually put more credence on that than, you know, when you said the people came around to investigate it and examine it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you know, the town. because if, if that had happened in 2019 and they said, oh, you know, the local para group came around and declared <laughs> that it was, you, you would immediately go, nah.
1: Yeah. Well, these were actually engineers and, and, you know, officials from the town, building inspectors and everything else. That was their job, you know. And they even brought in professional roofers from Boston to check out for, um, for you know, uh, leaks and stuff, and they couldn't find anything at all. Oh, they did. They thought, you know, because it, it, it became such a, a tourist attraction, it did end eventually, but uh, while it was going on, uh, they were in the house, and uh, the little girl was in the kitchen, and one of these water pipes, one of things that speared, so one of the cops went into the kitchen, and they found the little girl to sink, pouring herself a glass of water. So they said, ah, we've solved it, and that was it. <laughs> but that was primarily for their family to be left alone <laughs> so they said yeah the girl did it she was creating these things which it
0: absolutely she couldn't have done well will, will the original reports exist in the police records or I, I would like to city find hall out. or you, you know, know if, it was, if it was city engineers and maybe city hall uh, might have source of some archive of it
1: that's a, that's a good uh, good thought steve in fact i have a uh, a, a relative of mine who's a detective on the, the police force, so uh, I should be able to get something yes. out of that. Uh, yeah, I, th- I am going to follow that up, Steve. Just, I'll mm. just been interesting. You let that. me on, you know, because yeah. I, I, I had found this case almost twenty years ago uh, when I started the Ghost Chronicles radio show, and it intrigued me a lot, but I couldn't find anywhere, I didn't go anywhere with it.
0: Well, thing, the thing is, anything that you brought usually it up again, yeah, yeah, anything that usually involves, you know, law enforcement or, or. You know, the authorities normally gets recorded somewhere.
1: And if it was in the newspapers, I'm sure the archives would have it there. Yeah,
0: Um, you you might find that somewhere. We have the
1: name. We have the name of the person. We don't have an address, unfortunately. Well,
0: they might have um, grandchildren, children. Um, What you might also find, and it does happen. What was
1: that? uh, Seventy years ago? Is he 60 it I'd be forty-three. Yeah, so so that's forty.
0: It's only fifty-something years ago. Almost sixty,
1: yeah
0: hmm. the, um I mean what you might find and it does happen because it's happened with u k cases is that at the time somebody took a sample of something, you know a piece of the wall or even a bottle of the water, and yeah, it's yeah, still so- it's still in the box with the rest of the reports filed away in a dusty archive. Well,
1: I will look into it, Steve, on your recommendation and uh, pursue it further, so there you go. That's why they call you the gold standard in ghost hunting, you know. He's <laughs> <Just laughs> earning his
0: title. I thought there was a reason.
1: Well, we have uh, a little bit of time. Anybody else got a nice story? Quick one? Uh, not too I quick.
0: A short, I got a shorty.
1: Um, okay, we'll take a shorty. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, this is from um, just again, uh, not very far away, uh, the town of Pendine. All right. Um, okay. Quite famous because it was the place where Amelia Earhart landed um, on her way around the world before she uh, lost her way. Um, this is uh, this is on the coast. It's it's a beach town, and uh, where there is a, a cavern. Uh, the cavern is called the Green Bridge Cave, and it's said that long ago, an old musician entered the cave, taking with him his fiddle and a lighted candle. Why he went into the cave in the first place is uncertain. Um, Possibly he found the acoustics to his liking. But what is certain, however, is that he never came out again. Having descended deep into the dark interior of the cavern, the candle blew out and he became lost. It is said that to this day the sound of his fiddle can sometimes still be heard, emanating from the dark and chilly darkness of the cave.
2: Oh, bless his heart.
0: Yeah. hmm
2: I have
1: a quick one that was actually solved. Really? Yes. A paranormal one was solved on a dark July night in uh, 1758. In Will Maddock, uh yeah, William, Matt, William Manick, William William uh, The people were awoken by a frightening racket. Hideous cries seemed to be coming from the sky directly overhead. Many thought the Indians; others were feared the French, damn French. Uh, <laughs> Puritans guessed it was the sound of tortured souls uh, being announced on Judgment Day. Fear heightened when it began to summon uh, people. They started names were being called: Dreyer, Elkin, others. Terrified, the people rushed from their homes. As the horrid collie walling continued, those with firearms blasted into the darkness. Others fell on their knees, praying, praying, for the end for the ending of it. Anyways, in the morning, uh, they discovered the terrible truth: a local mill pond had dried up. Its dense population of bullfrogs had been battling over what little water remained. Thousands were found dead in the sides of the ditch, apparently some uh, atmospheric peculiarity, which I know about, uh, had caused their war cries and dying croaks to be amplified and permeate the air. So, there you go. Poor bullfrogs.
2: I was just going to say,
1: poor babies. that That's true. We do have all these, you know, That's when we do paranormal investigating, people, you know, jump to conclusions so easily, uh, especially on the coast, it's really a thing. But, I mean, the, there are certain atmospheric conditions that will will create, oop, there it is, will create sound to travel. For instance, uh, on days here with the low cloud cover, I can hear trains. And, you know, the nearest one is in Lowell, of course, which is a few miles away. But they're they're quite clear, and they sound very close. And that's because of the atmospheric conditions. And, and you know this, Steve, as well. I'm sure you're run to it as well. But anyways, we've got to go, because that was the doorbell. And uh, but stay tuned for uh, the second hour of uh, Ghost Chronicles radio with uh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ian and myself as we look at doppelgangers, another strange phenomena. Mm. Um, anyways, uh, I want to thank Marla for joining us in this, this lovely thing. And, and Steve, you have the week off next week,
0: maybe? Maybe uh, I like if, that. If, if if I if I do get to go on vacation, then I I have a week off next week. If I don't get to go on vacation, I'll be back. There you go. So
1: that's a warning for you out there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which way? Mm. I am not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going that it. Okay. I'm shutting up now.
1: Anyway, any any last
0: words for anything you'd like eight to bring up? Years I've suffered you know, eight years I've suffered this abuse as the co-host.
2: I know eight years. You deserve a purple You've had the privilege to co-host
1: with me. Yes, I I agree.
0: And and as my wife reminded me, um, if I take next week off, that will only be the second show I've ever missed.
1: Wow. You've mm-hmm.
2: got a good work ethic.
1: I remember the one you you had at, at McDonald's where the people so loud you ended up going oh, out the yeah. street and <laughs> was approached by the street walker.
0: Yeah, I remember that one. That was a good one. That was a good one. We're, we're still in touch.
1: <laughs> and then in the car, uh, yeah, when your policeman came on, said, "Move along, move along."
0: Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still in touch with them, and the cops as well.
1: Marla, quickly. Anything you want to add? Anything you want to tell us about?
2: Uh no, not really. <laughs>
1: It's Fine, be that quiet.
2: way. We just, you know, starting the cauldron tomorrow night and Para X at uh, nine Eastern. We're going to do a uh, Para and my oh, website so- is Marla Easy, easy peasy. Yep, yeah,
1: today's show brought to you by Circles Wisdom, 386 Memorick Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Galant Messier Family Law Group.
0: Steve and check out New England Ghost Project on Apple Maps. On Apple Maps, God bless us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, good night, everyone. God bless us, stay safe.
0: Good night. Good night.